0: Everyone, welcome to another awesome day with The Struggle. I'm Sean Lee. I'm James Park. We're here to discuss the reality of daily struggles and how it's a
1: constant no matter where we are on our journey. Join us for honest conversations as we navigate life, business, and career challenges. Learn how to accept the struggles and how it's all about the mindset.
0: This week, we talk about being PM versus AM shifted, A simple way to say it is when your energy peaks. We talk about how Sean is probably PM shifted and how I am not sure what I am. We also dive into my week as a dad. (laughs) Being a father, getting one four-hour day break to play golf. We talk about being on autopilot in your routine and how you have to check in occasionally and reevaluate how routine can actually be a double-edged sword. Enjoy the episode. All right, guys. Welcome to episode 38. It's uh, August 14th on day of recording. I'm James. I got Sean. And we are here to talk about just life struggles.
1: Yeah, weekly life struggles.
0: I mean, it's been two weeks since Sean had a kid. Pretty crazy. No, no. It's been one week. One week and three days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Just last Thursday. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah.
1: No, it feels like it's been like a month, but no, it's only been 10 days, which is kind of crazy. I, I mean, been adjusting well, just some quick updates on that. end. if anybody hasn't had a kid yet and they're planning to have kids soon <laughs> or want to have kids someday, just to share some experiences, some war stories so that, you know, what's coming, but yeah, you know, babies have to feed every two, three hours. And after you feed them, you got to burp them for like 20 minutes, 20 minutes yeah. to burp them. Typically, takes a while. Like you got to keep them upright. And so you feed them for about 10 minutes. You got to keep them upright for like 20 minutes at least. You're already 30 minutes in. And now you're an hour and a half out from the next feeding. <laughs> <laughs> of which, before the next feeding, about 5-10 minutes before, you need to change their diaper. You got to clean their bottles. You got whatever they throw up. There's just so much little things. And it's just like, that's why people get sleep deprived. Because... You just have to do this every two hours and uh, you get to sleep in like at most 30 minute, 40 minute bursts at a time all day. (laughs) Sounds exhausting. It's exhausting. But luckily Mink lets me sleep for the first half of the night because I'm like a deep sleeper. So if I fall asleep, like I ain't waking up. (laughs) (laughs) And so she'll let me sleep from like 10 to 3 or something like that. And I'll wake up and I'll take over. Now, I'm not normally a morning person, but. Oh, you're not. No, I've always been a night owl in my life.
0: I thought you started to wake up
1: earlier, just naturally. mm mm-hmm. hmm, Because of Miles. <laughs> well, it started, all started because Miles wakes up at like six, around six every day, and he will wake me up and then I have to get up. So it started with that. And I think it just readjusts in my clock where by like 8 p.m., 9 p.m., I'm fucking pooped. And so I'll go to bed. By ten usually, because I need eight hours. (laughs) Otherwise, like I'm pretty dysfunctional. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm still not a morning person. Like I don't enjoy waking up in the morning. I'm not like I'm up and you know ready to tackle the day. (laughs) It's just like I'm as the science calls them PM shifted. So that's my natural rhythm. pm
0: shifted. Yeah. So I've been waking up earlier naturally too, not because I have a kid, but I've just enjoyed the mornings a bit more. Hmm. But I don't feel like a morning person, that makes sense. Like, it still takes me time to get out of bed and get the cobwebs out of my head. I can't just get up and go. I think some people are just able to do that. I'm hoping to get there just over time. But
1: some of it's genetic. Supposedly 20% of the population is AM shifted, meaning like in terms of like brain activity, their body, their circadian rhythm in the mornings is when they are most functional and then their energy everything mental capacity declines throughout the day whereas pm another 20 percent of the population pm shifted where you start off the day really slow and then as a day goes your energy increases and so does your mental capacity so you kind of like you do your best work like for me as a pm shifted person at night I can bang out stuff like at 10 p.m., 11, 12, and just like I can go nuts. Whereas Mink is just like brain dead by then. She's a.m. shifted, and in the morning she's just like really focused and can do stuff. And so that leaves the other 60 percent of the population as biphasic. I think that was the term. They're just in the middle, basically. They they have this like bell curve in terms of their energy levels. And so the advice is always like, oh, for p.m. shifted people, work on things in the morning that are less mentally, not mental, but like requires less thinking. Hmm. And so mornings are the best time for PM shifted people, or even biphasic to do creative work, writing, things like that, because you're not encumbered by thoughts. Your mind is just like, it's not much. I don't think that's the right way to describe it, but (laughs) you're not like, your mind's not like racing. Yeah. You can do writing and all that, but create more creative work in the morning. And now I think about it. I wonder if it has anything to do with your left and right brain stuff. I wonder if it's just like for PM shifted people, their left brain is kind of off in the morning and it leaves room for their right brain, the creative side. And then as the night goes on, like their left brain turns on, their logic side. And the reasoning is because, you know, in a tribe, you needed people at nighttime to like be alert and awake to protect the camp. Oh, I like that. That's good. No joke. Like that's the evolution of why
0: there's this breakdown. Evolution is so, it's really interesting when you think back about why animals do what they do. And maybe this is a very odd tangent, but the other day I was watching my cats and they were just, I don't know if your cats do this, but I leave around like packaging paper because they love that sound, like crinkling sound and they just like rip it apart. Oh yeah. Yeah, right? Cats love this. But I was thinking why they like to do that. I think it's a very instinctual thing for them because when they are in the wild when they eat they eat animals and they have to tear apart the meat so it's like they just do this we see it as like oh it's fun for them but maybe it's a thing that kittens do because they have to learn and strengthen their ability to tear apart meat to eat
1: yeah it makes sense yeah
0: in a similar way humans have evolved over time to have different people to be on watch, to be on defense and offense at different times of the day. Yeah. I like that. That's pretty cool. The question then is, can you change that? I think I'm probably more in the middle. I think I was more of a night owl because I can't sleep. I'm someone who has a really hard time sleeping and staying asleep. And maybe in one sense, I could be naturally a morning person, but because I can't sleep, I've really struggled in the mornings. But now as I've I don't know, gotten used to going to bed earlier or trying to go to bed earlier. I've become naturally who I'm supposed to, who I'm fitted to. I don't know. Is that right? Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's, that's right. I learned this whole thing because the productivity class that I was taking at Berkeley, like this was the foundation of the productivity class. Oh. Is that if you're trying to maximize or hack your productivity, then you should definitely plan your day to your, your circadian rhythm, to your personal rhythm. And I think the great thing was hearing this for me, at least, was relieving because it made me feel less guilty. And I remember talking about this before. It lifted like a huge sense of guilt that I was almost inferior because I was not a morning bird. It makes you feel like that. Right. Culturally, there's the stigma that's just like, oh, only early birds are successful people. Successful people get up at 5 a.m. Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes that doesn't work for people. It's like, okay, well, I guess I, I'll never be successful because I, I don't, <laughs> you know, but it's like, no, that's not true. That's it's nothing to do with it. It's just a story that people tell. And maybe like it's the story is that way because of the industrial age, you know, because of, you know, this nine to five thing that was created in the industrial age, this concept. Yeah. Having to go to work from eight to five, eight to six or whatever. Yeah. That's fascinating. I mean, right now I don't have that struggle because I don't have a sense of time. You don't have that struggle because you're not allowed to. Yeah, I just don't. Your responsibility requires you to be awake at any hour. It's honestly the second time around, like I said last week, it's so much more enjoyable because you know what's up and you're not navigating parenthood or fatherhood, whatever it is, you know, parenthood in in the blind. So definitely second kids are, I think it's a lot better. You can just enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. I can't hundred percent agree with it because I had no experience,
0: (laughs) but it seems to me that if you're doing something for the second time around, you have a better understanding of what to do and it's more familiar, not necessarily easier, right? Like what we said last week. Yeah, that's right. More familiar. Yeah. I don't know if I'm a morning person or an evening person.
1: I mean, it's a pretty, um, relatively easy test. It's like, how does your energy go throughout the day? Do you get more excited as the day goes on? That's the hallmark signature of a PM shift to person. Ah, uh, no,
0: I get more tired as the day goes on. Okay. It wasn't like this always though. I think in New York, I was way more excited as the day went on. Oh yeah? But then in San Francisco and then in LA, my energy shifted. I had less energy as the day went on and I needed to get the important things the things that were, I really had to think about something or the things I really wanted to do, I had to shift it to the morning.
1: Mm. I also believe, by the way, all this is like malleable, like nothing is fixed. It's hard to say. I don't believe in determinism, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> Other than like my height, you know, it's like I can't change that. <laughs> yeah, I wish I could change that. <laughs> Although there
0: are, there's like surgeries that people will go through to get that changed. That's true. I could get a bigger
1: butt. Extremely painful. But uh, <laughs> the jokes aside, I, yeah, it's something worth looking into because then you can try to optimize for that time of day. For example, for PM shifted people, they recommend that you, again, do creative work or bang out emails, things that don't require much like high level thinking, I guess. Like anything that's routine or repetitive, just do it in that lull, right? In the morning when you're not as focused, okay. In the morning for a pm shift to person for an am shift to person you should be doing your best work in the morning and then like if you have meetings you shift them obviously this is if you can adjust all this stuff you then move your meetings to times where like you feel more low because then that social international gets you going basically
0: so since i started working my routine has completely changed i used to write in the mornings and have to post everything before noon But now I can't write in the morning unless I get up earlier. So I've been trying to get up earlier to write, but I also want to exercise in the morning. Mm. The struggle has been where I won't be able to get up earlier. I'll get in a shorter exercise. I haven't been exercising much. I just got a notification saying that my heart, resting heart rate went up. It went up from my resting heart was like 56 or 54 or something like that. And then it went up to like 60 something. In the last 20 days. And so it tells me that I'm exercising way less. But it's because I'm trying to fit so much into the mornings. And so that's why I'm thinking, am I really a morning person if I can't get up at five? If it's a struggle always to get up at five and to fit all these things that I want to do in the morning. Writing after work has been really, really tough. It's really hard. It's gotten a little bit better because I have more material because I can write about what I learned that day but it's been difficult. But in some odd way, I get it done faster because I'm so tired. I don't really care as much what it, if it doesn't sound perfect. I'm like, okay, this is 80% good enough. It's going out. Whereas before, when I had a lot of time, I would spend an hour writing it and then another half hour to an hour, like editing, tweak it a little bit more. So it's been interesting things that have been happening. And I've noticed that one of the things that just, went out the door was exercise, which I thought was really weird because I, I put that as like a really high priority for myself, but it was one of the first things that left. Hmm. It seems like exercise is always one of the first things that goes for a lot of people, like physical exercise. It's just one of the easier things to let go of because it
1: requires the most effort. No, it absolutely does. I mean, that's why I used to be able to go to the gym almost every day. And now it's like, until my, um, I have a personal trainer once a week on Saturdays, and I was like, I'm so glad to see you because if I don't see you, I don't come to the gym. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Literally, I'm at a phase in my life where I need that kind of external pull.
0: You need uh, accountability.
1: Yeah, and I know, like in a couple of years, we're only going to a different phase where, like, oh, like I'm just gun ho about it. Like a couple of years ago, I was gun ho about like going on climbing. Like I'd go climb indoors, and I would go to the gym. I would go ride my bike. Like I was doing something active. I go swim. I do something active every single day, if not two activities. And that was two years ago. (laughs) The pool, I'm staring at the pool outside my window. And it's just like, I haven't gone to that pool in probably a year. It's calling your name. Yeah. And the bike is just hanging on my wall. You know, it's just like, what the fuck? This is how it is. But I have replaced it with golf and, um, and I do swing in the house. Just not at balls, I just swing. That's how I make up for it a little bit. But that's one of the things we touched upon last week was priorities, right? How do you prioritize things? And familiarity, which is like when we're starting to embark on something new, there's definitely a, a period of adjustment. And so kind of take that obviously in consideration as well. And that once you kind of get in the rhythm things, once your new job becomes quote unquote familiar, then you're able to fit something else back in the mix again. But I think the important thing, and it's something I'm constantly reminding myself is to constantly reevaluate. Like don't get caught up with this baby, don't get caught up with work. It's like, there's still things that I enjoy doing that I should continue doing.
0: Yeah, I do it. It's funny that you mentioned that. I, I wrote the other day about being on autopilot. For me, I fell into this routine of just wake up, maybe exercise, free write, work, post something, after work, then sleep, and then repeat the whole thing. And at first I felt really good about it. And as the week lagged on, I felt less productive. I was like, what's going on here? I feel like I'm producing more, still doing my writing, but I don't feel good. I don't feel as good. And it's exactly what you mentioned. I was lacking the evaluating how my week was going, how my routine was going. And because I no longer had the attention of where I was headed, I was just kind of in the day-to-day and the days all started to feel the same. And so I realized oh, I'm just an autopilot now. I'm just doing the same thing without really thinking about why I'm doing it. And so I really like what you just said is having to reevaluate and think about why you're doing what you're doing and seeing if it makes sense and making any adjustments along the way.
1: Yeah. In a week or two, we should come back to this conversation and be like, hey, James, like, all right, how do you feel about work? You know, are you getting familiar with it? And can you fit your exercise routine back in? Yeah
0: and just making adjustments as you go. And if you're not doing that, you're just on autopilot without checking in and you don't end up at the destination that you thought you set your autopilot onto.
1: Yeah, everything's a double-edged sword. As you're talking about this, I I just realized, you know, that's the thing with familiarity too. It's like, it's good to get familiar with something, but familiarity also leans into- Comfort. Comfort, yeah. We're just like, well, I'm just going to keep to the schedule because it's comfortable. I'm not going to- Shake things up. But I was really glad that, like, I kept to my so I went golfing on Thursday. Uh, I told James earlier with some of our friends. And, uh, you know, golfing is like a four hour event. We went at like six o'clock in the morning. And mind you, this is like within the week that we had the baby. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> I slept like three hours the night before. That song slept none, <laughs> apparently. I was like, he just couldn't sleep. Side joke. I was like, I called him in the morning because we drive together. And I was like, hey, yo, can you drive? I got like three hours of sleep last night. Broken sleep. He was like, I got no hours of sleep. I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll drive. <laughs> so I drove. No, it's because he paused. He's like, uh, I didn't sleep at all. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, wait, what time is it? <laughs> it was actually kind of funny. He's so funny. He's hilarious. I had to think for a second. I was like, wait, do you have a kid? <laughs> but I was so glad that this happened because... You know, even going up to that day, it was something planned weeks before. Even going up to that day, I was kind of feeling guilty about it. I was like, oh man, like i have this baby. It's only been a week, but it was so good to just do something for me that was both physically and mentally good. It gives you energy. Yeah. And I definitely came home like a happier person. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Even though I shot 118, but still a 117. That's besides the point. I only lost three balls. James taught me. It's like, count how many balls you lose.
0: Yeah, you only lost three walls and you are slightly improving or hitting less hazards. That's also a big thing.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that that was huge. I mean, I definitely improved by at least 10 strokes. That's awesome. Which is awesome. Yeah. But uh, aside from that, I've been reading a lot still. Just, you know, when I'm feeding the baby, I've been popping in this book called Snow Crash. It's a novel from 1992. I'd read Neil Stephenson's other book, The Diamond Age before. But uh, this book, Snow Crash, one of the most popular books in Silicon Valley. Supposedly, I saw it on the list again, and I was just like, oh, might as well check it out. It's a science fiction novel. Yeah, it's a science fiction novel. It's cyberpunk-themed. He's kind of the guy who coined the term metaverse in this novel. Oh, I wonder if Ready Player One is similar to this. I think so, yeah. But the book is so premonition of a lot of things that were to come like 30 years later. And it's crazy to think like he wrote this book when consumer internet wasn't even a thing yet. 1992 some storytellers have such crazy
0: insight and it becomes true like orson scott card when he wrote ender's game yeah he talked about computers and it was written so long ago computers wasn't even a thing
1: that's true it's insane that's so true huh you just made me realize that where they're like talking about like computers and you can like visually like see maps and all this stuff and i feel with a, like a handheld tablet they talked about holding tablets how each of them had a tablet that they would go into you no know, i never thought about that i mean the whole ender's game thing is you're controlling like an army like in a distant galaxy via whatever yeah it was written in 1985
0: that's crazy it's insane and even this book it sounds very similar it just written you know seven years later written in 1992 but talking about metaverse then like that's crazy can you imagine reading that back then being like what the
1: hell is this guy talking about yeah all right I gotta read that now it's a fun book it's a fun novel it's just something you know to pass the time but okay I think that's about all I got for this week it's been a pretty decent week of just being a dad again yeah exciting getting back into the sleepless
0: dream state of being a father yep in a few months, it's going to be like, oh, how is it three months already? Yeah. And you're going to forget it again. That's how Mother Nature, like I said, encourages you to have more kids. Well, everyone, thanks for listening. It's James and Sean signing off. Have a good week, everyone. Take care.